God is the one who has designed us and he has uniquely created us and he knows how we fit in this plan that he has made. So instead of living a life that is all about us and our tiny little realm, we get to live one that's part of a really big story, one that has eternal um, significance and one that has meaning for something much, much bigger than ourselves. And all of a sudden we start finding, this is what I was made for. It's exciting. We get to be a part of something really big. This is Nita Erlene, and you are listening to the TRC Ministries podcast. Today is the fifth and final part in the Life-Giving Gospel series. I think this little clip we just listened to from today's episode is a great introduction to this final part covering mission and church. This recording is of Karis Nordland teaching a class at Country Faith Church in Bemidji, Minnesota. Karis is the wife of Nathan Nordland, a pastor at Country Faith Church, and daughter to Tori Bjorklund, president of TRC Ministries. Well, he is risen. <laughs> so that's kind of a Easter morning greeting. It's like, what? Check the calendar. Is it Easter? Well, it's not Easter, but we need to remember every day we are serving a risen king. He is risen and he is reigning in our world and in our lives. And um, so it's good to be reminded every morning, right? He is risen. He is risen indeed. This is the last session of the Life Gives Giving Gospel. And I'm going to do a little bit of review and I also have quite a bit of stuff that I am going to try to get through, so pardon me if I start kind of skimming through things a little bit fast. But in the first few weeks of this session, um, we started with what is the gospel? And we talked about how Jesus came and he proclaimed the good news from God. And it was that the kingdom of God has arrived on earth and it is available to everyone. No one has to be excluded. And we talked about, okay, well, um, what, is, what does that choice look like then um, between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God? And we learned about just the goodness and the life and the light and everything, all those great things that are in the kingdom of God. And then we talked about, well, if we are in the kingdom of God, that means not just receiving these good things, but also submitting our lives to God. That's what it means to be in a kingdom. We are under the rule of the government in that kingdom, so we are submitted to God and his rule in our lives. And it really looks different if we are doing things the way that God has set up in his kingdom. It looks different than how the world likes to set up life in the kingdom of darkness. There's a very stark contrast there that we need to be aware of and that living in the kingdom of God and in this new way of life affects our fruitfulness and our effectiveness in the kingdom of God, if we don't understand how life works in his kingdom, if we don't know how to line ourselves up with that, that's going to cause us to be a little bit hampered in our lives in his kingdom. And I wanted to bring, there was a question about some specific examples, and I wanted to bring those up here. One of the things that I thought about this week was the kingdom of God has an abundance of peace for us. Jesus offers us peace, but we know 
from Philippians that it's also tied to being thankful and prayerful. Because Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that peace is tied to our prayerfulness and our thankfulness. What about 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. All of a sudden, we see that our prayers can be affected by how we live our lives and interact with other people. Matthew 6.14 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. There's correlations here in the ways um, that God has put things together. This is how I've called you to live, and this is what it's tied to. So we want to understand how to live in the kingdom of God. We want to understand how to be submitted to God so that we can have fruitful and effective lives in the kingdom of God that are unhindered. One thing that we have to be really careful about is this is not an earning mentality. So we are not trying to be good enough so that God loves us enough so that he agrees to give us good things. That's not what we're talking about here. God has offered us these good things freely and abundantly. While we were yet sinners, he died for us and he loves us, right? So... We are not trying to earn these things, to be allowed to have these good things from God. We are just trying to learn how to live and access them well. Okay? God has offered them to us, and he's given us access to them, but we have to understand how it works, kind of. So one of the things that I thought of was if I came home and Nathan was like, Hey, babe, I bought you some chocolate today. It's in that cupboard. Um, it's locked. Here's the key. And if I take a look at that key, think, wow, what a dumb key. I think it's super ugly. I'm not going to use that. And throw it away and say, why didn't you get me any chocolate? Well, he did, and he gave me the way to access it. Why wouldn't I just access it, right? So I think that sometimes what we can see is, um, even in our own lives, is there people that... Um, have been given in, in scripture and in biblical teaching and in many ways kind of an understanding or teachings about how to navigate the kind of maze of this life and yet they find themselves at a dead end in this maze and they it's no secret how to keep moving or how to get out of there but they are uninterested in the directions and so instead of following the directions that God has given them they're standing at a solid wall, demanding that he break down that wall so that they continue in their stubborn and self-centered ways. And God is not interested in enabling us to live in sinful lives that are contrary to his kingdom. He's not interested in enabling that. So we need to be interested in what he has called us to and the plans that he has on our lives. And we need to understand that God knows that our ways will harm us, that they lead to death. God's not trying to trick us. He's not trying to dupe us into something that's bad for us or awful. He's trying to help us navigate a difficult and dangerous 
world with forces that are out to get us. He's trying to give us good things. We can trust our king to lead us through. Okay, so that was a little bit of a recap from last week. And oh, one other thing. Last week we talked about, well, what does it look like to be citizens in the kingdom of God? What does that look like in our life? And it looks like us living our lives the way Jesus would if he were us. It's this intentional submission to God, intentional submission of everything in our lives, everything in our realms. And do you guys think of yourselves as having a realm that you're ruling over? It's kind of different terminology than we would think of, but think about what do you have influence over? What are the resources that you're stewarding? How can you submit those things to God? Even the most mundane or small things. What would it, what would it look like if God ran your life himself? How can you do it that way? This is what we're talking about when we're talking about citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. It's that intentional submission to the ways of God and to how he has set things up. So that's how we bring the power and the reign of God into our lives and even into the most secular and unreligious areas of life that we're involved in. We can bring God's reign and rule there. This is a new way of thinking than how we're used to before we're in the kingdom of God. Because what the messages are that we get from the world around us is you're supposed to live your life, right? This idea of it's my life, I'm going to do it my way, these are my rights, I'm going to pursue my dreams. Those are all kind of the messages that we are told by the world around us. But... That is not what we're called to in the kingdom of God. In Matthew 10, 39, it says, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We need to be willing to give up our ideas of what our lives should look like and be willing to instead take hold of God's ideas for our lives. When we grasp and cling to kind of our life to live for ourselves and our own ideas for our lives, the only thing that we are going to inherit is death. That's where those things lead. But if we are willing to submit to God, we can find our life. And one of the ways that we find it is that we all of a sudden are finding purpose and meaning and calling in our life because God is the one who has designed us and he has uniquely created us and he knows how we fit in this plan that he has made. So instead of living a life that is all about us and our tiny little realm, we get to live one that's part of a really big story and in one that has eternal um, significance and one that has meaning for something much, much bigger than ourselves. And all of a sudden we start finding this is what I was made for. It's exciting. We get to be a part of something really big. So when we give up our rights to order our own life and submit it to God, all of a sudden we start finding our life, the life that we were created for. And it takes a change in perspective. We need to change our perspective from my life to 
God, this is your life. And we need to change our perspective that instead of just being here for, you know, whatever we can get or just for a little fun to have, we have to realize that we're here, we live under a calling. There's a reason that we're here, that we were created for something. I want to read just a bunch of scripture kind of in a row. There is so much scripture about our calling, what we are called to, and it's, it's for us. It's for us to live in. It's for us to walk in. Ephesians 4, 1 through 4. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 7.17. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. Philippians 3.12-14. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1, 7-9 For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. Hebrews 12, 1-2 Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you see the picture? We've got things to do here. We've got things to be a part of. There's a calling, there's a mission, God's doing things here. We're called to be a part of it. We're invited to be a part of it. It's exciting. And God is trying to get something done. He's working on earth. He is at work here and he invites us to be at work with him. Um, I was trying to think, well, how could I, I boil this down into kind of a statement about what God is doing? I mean, we see God at work in a lot of ways, but if, if I had to try to pick kind of a broad um, explanation for it, I would say God's working on a redemption plan for our world. He's working on reconciling everything to himself 
that is willing. Colossians 1, 19 through 20 says, For in him, Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So he's working on something. He's got things that he's doing on earth, and we're invited to be a part of that. And one of the things that we can look at in the scripture is that he set up the church, the church to be doing these things with him and for him and really connected to him, right, as he is our head, and then connected to each other and working together in the things of God and the things that he has set up. So in a broad sense, kind of, this is our our purpose, to be a part of these things that God is doing on earth and to be connected to him in his work and connected to each other. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up is it's not just like where we're kind of expendable slaves of God, where he's just trying to use us for his purposes. We are children of God. We are children of God and we are heirs with Christ and he's working right alongside of us. You know when you work on something kind of tough or um, scary or challenging, there's just a sense of camaraderie that develops with the team, kind of, oh, we're working together, we're, we're accomplishing this together, and it was a big win for the team, and you know, there's just this sense of community and camaraderie, and God offers that to us with himself that we get to work with him in this and be a part of something exciting and big and um, successful. We know it's going to, it's a, a successful endeavor that the Lord is about and we get to walk in that confidence with him. So there's this richness in relationship as we are working with God in the things that he's doing here on earth. We're also supposed to be working together right? So we're connected to God as our head, and we've talked a lot about being submitted to God um, and submitted to his plan for us and for our lives, but we're also connected to each other. And um, that passage in 1 Peter 4 talked about each receiving a gift and to use those gifts to build one another up. And Ephesians 4 talks about that as well. And we're meant to be connected together. And I believe it's 1 Corinthians 2. I didn't write it down. But there's many passages about the church working together, right, on the things of God and the mission that he has and to build each other up and to spur each other on. And so it's not just God that we're connected to as our head that is kind of that we're submitted to, but we're also connected to the rest of the body of Christ, all trying to accomplish God's will together and to build one another up and to spur each other on in this mission have you heard the message yet that we're on a mission? We have things to do here. We've got things to accomplish and a calling to fulfill on our lives. So we need each other. Uh, the scripture talks about spiritual gifts that we are meant to be walking in and using to build one another up. So we need to be on this mission together. And one of the things that we talked about a couple weeks ago, right, was there's this idea of two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And these kingdoms are in conflict with each other. So when we invite the kingdom of God to rule and reign in our realm and over us, and God sets up his outposts and 
in our realm, then when we go about, you know, we've picked a side. We've, we've marked ourselves for the kingdom of God. And so we are experiencing conflict with the kingdom of darkness as we go about our lives. So we have a mission there out in our regular, you know, our work and whatever our regular lives look like, we're still fighting for the kingdom of God and we're still walking the kingdom of God, but there's peril there. There's problems, there's trouble, and it's difficult and it's hard. And the church is meant to be kind of a safe zone. We're all out there getting a little bit dinged by Satan or by the darkness or discouraged or there's, I mean, we're in the middle of a war here. And so when we come back together or when we engage in conversations or get together, I'm not just talking about here in the building, but as believers, when we gather, when we're together, we have to understand that that's meant to be our safe zone. I mean, that's meant to be where we get refueled where we can stock up on ammo again and where we can get medical help and all the things that need to happen. You know, when, when there's a war and there's two kingdoms at war here on earth, there's kind of an outpost that's heavily protected where soldiers can come back to and get the resources they need and get the training that they need and get the medical help that they need and the ammo and whatever that they need to go back out. And so we need to come back together and realize we're supposed to be helping each other, giving that medical help, healing, restocking supplies. I mean, there's something, there's something at stake here when we are getting together. We've got a mission out there when we're bringing the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. But we have a mission here with believers too, so that together, as one body of Christ, we can be effective for the kingdom of God, so that together we can find the resources and the help and the support that we need in order to be effective out there. Does this make sense to people? Yeah? Okay. Um, we have to, I just kept thinking, we're on a mission, and we can't we can't be gossiping and backstabbing. We can't be nitpicking. We don't have time for this. We've got bigger fish to fry. We've got a mission to fulfill. We have to have this mindset of mission. We've got something that we're called to, that we're trying to accomplish here as a part of the kingdom of God. And it's both out there and it's here. Okay, back to the notes. I want to read Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Do you hear that word love? It's a bookend. Speaking the truth in love, we grow up and we're connected both to Christ and to each other. And it says, it makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is a mentality that we need to clothe ourselves in, that we need to take on in order for us to be effective both in the war 
out there that we're where we're going with the kingdom of God, but also here, so that we can be effective here with one another and with other believers. So I just have a few things that I want to exhort us all to. You know, I have to say, I'm speaking boldly this morning, but as I was putting this session together, I got on my knees this week, and I repented to God for not living with a mission and for not living under a calling. I had to repent. You know, this is for me. I'm speaking boldly to you, but this is for me too. And I want to live with this calling, and I haven't been. But by God's grace, I can still live under a calling, and we all can do that. And we just need to be reminded, right? We need to be reminded. We can get so discouraged and just feel defeated so easily. But we're in this with the Lord. He is with us, and by his grace, we will prevail. And we can walk in our calling, and we can walk in it together. I also wanted to share a couple days ago, too, when I was working on this and I was um, spending time in prayer over this, I just really felt strongly that the Lord was saying, the time is now. The time is now. And it made me feel a lot more, um, a sense of urgency. You know, I started thinking, well, when I shop, when I go to Walmart, can I make eye contact with people? Can I have time to see if there's someone willing to experience the kingdom of God? When I go places, when I am doing things at home, I mean, how can I submit my time? How can I submit my housekeeping? Just everything in my life, how can I submit that to the kingdom of God? And I just felt the sense of urgency, like God was saying, the time is now. And maybe that was for me, and maybe it's for you too, but I know for me, God was saying, the time is now. And it's time for me to step into this. So just a few exhortations. Steward the gifts in your life for God's purposes. Steward the gifts in your lives for God's purposes. There are a lot of resources that we have, um, and we need to practice how does it look to use these resources, whether it's our um, abilities, whether it's our influence, whether it is our spiritual gifts or our money, how do we steward this for God's purposes? And this is something that takes practice. It takes trying a little bit and praying about it and trying it a little bit more. We need to practice this. We can't expect to just go out and do it when we need to. We need to practice it and be chipping away and try to learn how to do this better and better. I would encourage you to learn more about your gifts. What do you have to offer? Learn more about yourself, about your spiritual gifts, just maybe some of your natural giftings. Um, and be willing to fail. If this is something that we're practicing and we're trying to step into, it's not always going to look pretty. I know that in my life it hasn't always looked pretty, but we still have to be willing to grow and to offer these things to the Lord and allow him and his grace to work through us, whether it looks pretty or not. So be willing to practice, be willing to fail, and be just be willing to learn. Take whatever influence you have and submit it to God. Whatever influence you have, submit it to God. And uh, one final thing, commit to keeping the church, not just when we're in this building, but any time we're with believers, commit to keeping it a safe zone so that there's nothing to distract us from the mission that we are on. No put-downs, no useless quarrels, no grudges, nothing 
that makes church a war zone for anybody. And if you feel like you're in a place where you've been dinged up and you're wounded and you're bleeding, allow the church to come around you and support you. If you're in a place of feeling alone or feeling hiding, like maybe you want to seem like you're okay or like you're doing the stuff, listen, we are here to build one another up. We are here to keep each other going. And if you're not willing to have that, you're not going to be able to keep going. And we need you to keep going. We need you to fulfill your calling, both for our benefit, but also for the kingdom of God. And so please allow the church to come around you and to bring you resources and to pray for you and to love you. And I would encourage all of us to put on love so that we can build one another up well. All right. I'm at the end of my time. The last 15 minutes are for you guys. So if you have questions that you would like to ask or if there are things that you would like to say, I love, this is my favorite time of Sunday school is getting to hear from all of you. So floor is open. I was just in my devotions this morning. I was reading Hebrews 12, and it kind of pertains to this. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Look carefully, lest any, anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or pro profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. And I had the, uh, the commentary on it was really kind of hit me this, this morning. Esau dis disregarded his natural rights as the firstborn son. He was profane in that he had a careless attitude towards the responsibilities entailed by his rights. The fate of Esau serves as a solemn warning to anyone who forfeits permanent spiritual blessings for immediate passing fleshly gratification. When such a choice is made and acted on, its consequences cannot be reversed and the blessings that might have been realized are lost forever. There's so many great encouragements in the scripture just like that. Let's be in the word and be reminded of those things. Yes, that's good. Anyone else? This is a little different, but um, we're all familiar with iron sharpens iron and the idea of getting together to encourage each other and to have our wounds bandaged and stuff. Um, but when we're alone, when we're um, lone rangers, so to speak, it's easy for us to get off, and um, pretty soon we're sticking our swords in places that it shouldn't be going, and it's maybe getting dull. And So there's correction, too, and there's a, an ability to improve your accuracy yeah. so that your intentionality can be more fruitful because you learn how to wield the sword, so to speak, or whatever the calling is that God has given you to do. And that comes by getting back together and letting brothers and sisters speak back into you or pray over you and, and hearing the voice of the Lord clearly together instead of just on your own. And Darian, is that always comfortable? Absolutely not. <laughs> However, yeah. it, it, the fruit is, is quickly better. 
Yes. You know, it's not comfortable being out there getting all beat up because you're fighting the wrong enemy either, mm -hmm. or or hurting people mm -hmm. that you shouldn't be hurting because mm -hmm. you're mishandling your gifts. Yeah. So the comfort quickly comes, especially because God backs it up with his spirit and, and you kind of go, okay, mm -hmm. this is right, this mm -hmm. is good, mm -hmm. and, uh, and next time it's better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great encouragement. Thank you for that. Other people, this is, this is encouraging. Just want to say, Karis, that when you heard the Lord say the time is now, it was not just for you. There really is a call upon the church and all of us as Christians to see the days we're living in as serious days, exciting days, and the time is now to really draw near to God. Any other comments just about any other part of the series or any questions um, too? If you have stuff about previous weeks or things that have been on your mind, feel free to share about that too. There's a guy that went to tech school with Pat down in Alexandria, Carpentry, and they're in Vietnam together and then out in Rhode Island together. Not a Christian. And he worked for where my son works for Ferguson Construction or Ferguson Excavating, whatever it is. So my son, Jason, knew him for a long time and, and he and Tim, his boss, both had talked to him about the Lord, like I think Tim for like twenty five years or something to Al and talk to him and nothing, no resistance, resistance. Well, then Al got, did he have cancer? Oh, he had a stroke, okay. And he was dying, and he knew he was going to die. And Tim just went to him, and he just got really bold and said, Tim, you know, he made you only have a few days to live. He was really, this was just the other day. I think he's still alive. And went to him, and Tim's gift, he's not a preacher, but he loves the Lord, and he, it really hurt him. Our son called, crying. Because, you know, Al was dying, and he was a good friend. Well, without even saying any more, he did accept the Lord. Tim, wow. Tim was bold with him mm -hmm. and said, Al, you know where you're going? Or do you know where you're going? You know, if you don't, and da 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 mm -hmm. And he did the salvation message, and he couldn't talk because he was on a vent, I think. And he had, but he said, squeeze my hand, Al. Squeeze my hand if you, you know, through this. Mm -hmm. And he squeezed really hard. Mm -hmm. And Jason the Lord. His, and then said, he was just crying too. So one of our friends is going to be with the Lord after 50 years. Ooh. We have known wanna... him ever since, yeah, Pat was in tech school. Well, over 50 years, 52 years. Last minute. And it takes that sometimes. And if somebody doesn't come to them, how many people have gone to hell because somebody has not spoken? And that can be a calling, um, not to go to every single wherever, but when the opportunity comes up, mm -hmm. don't be afraid. Just mm -hmm. go for it. One I would probably make, because I've made it to several different people at times, during this time of crisis in our nation, and so much negative stuff coming across our airwaves, I don't watch it. But it's so easy for us to get mad at the people that Satan is using instead of Satan. And that does us no good to get mad at the people. We need to get mad at the enemy and, and use our prayer warrior power to stop him. Yeah, a call to prayer, that's good. You know, it's uh, not that easy to live in this kingdom. It's, it's not an easy job, it's a hard job. And if you were uh, a vine dresser and had a pruning hook and you were out just flailing 
trying to cut the branches off that don't need to be there and your tool was not sharp. Boy, it's a lot of work to try to cut a branch off with a dull tool. So, but then if the smithy takes your tool and to get it sharp, first off, he puts it in a vise and clamps it. So it'll, and ouch, oh, that hurts to be clamped in a vise. And then he comes out with this big rasp and starts filing away on you. And, oh, that's not comfortable either. But once he has completed his work, then you, the tool can be used easily to prune the branches. So I, throughout this whole thing, the concepts are all good. I suppose if you would have used the proper adjectives, we'd have all been scared away. But it's not easy to live in this kingdom. But that doesn't need to scare us away, but we all need to be rasped on a little bit to get the edge sharp. Um, to go with Tom's thing um, on the sharpening of the sword and, and, or the tool, whatever it is, in prayer time before service a couple of weeks ago, I happened to walk through this room and saw those swords there. And um, if the time is now, then our sword shouldn't be on the shelf. But this isn't where we use the sword, right? This is where we can lay our sword down when we're talking battle. This is where we can set our sword aside, if you will, and receive from each other. But it's also there to remind us that there's still a battle. And even just outside these gates or walls or doors, there's those that would try to take us down and... Uh, and so let's really remember to be together. And I just ask that you would join me to pray for Karis for a minute because she's done an amazing job in the last month. Amen. 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 Pouring out and using her gift. And we just want to make sure she doesn't leave here empty and vulnerable. So I just ask Heavenly Father that you would refill, refuel, encourage, supercharge, bless, and anoint this young lady that is using her gifts for you. Strengthen her family, encourage her in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, we are ending just on time, I guess. So thank you all so much for your encouragements. And um, yes, let's build each other up well. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And for more information on TRC Ministries or to contact us, go to www.regenerationcenter.org.